0: Hello,
1: and welcome to Plot This
0: is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing Shipwrecked by Olivia Dade.
1: This was recently published in 2022 and is the third in the spoiler alert series. And full disclosure, we did receive a complimentary arc from Avon.
0: And we have reviewed the previous two books in this series. We have. So go through our episode archives if you want to listen to the first two. I know we are often forgetting to give this disclaimer now, but we're going to spoil the first two as much as we want. So be aware that if you haven't read the first couple of books in the series, you might not want to start listening here.
1: Yeah. I mean, that said, I mean, we, we will probably spoil those a little bit, but I actually feel like you could read these almost in any order because they happen simultaneously. Yeah, this one definitely has the bow on top ending scene. Yes, the epilogue to this one is the epilogue to everyone. But other than that, I honestly do think they're almost mix and match.
0: Yeah, because they happen on concurrent timelines.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like there is a same. There's a convention, a fan convention that they go to in all three books. Different thing. Like the the different characters in each book go to different panels of the convention. And I actually really liked
0: that. I thought that was a really cool device. No, I liked it in the second book. And then this one also, there's a charity gala that Mm. happened in book two that they also all go to in this one. So um, I I agree with you. I think they were written in this order for a reason. And it's definitely easier to follow the narrative if you start with the first one. But overall, they are happening on the same timeline. Yeah. This one actually starts the earliest and ends the latest. Yeah. Very cute. It's very cute. Yes. Well, let's talk about the book jacket. Let's see what this is
1: about. Maria's one night stand, the thick-thighed, sexy Viking of a man she left without a word or a note, just reappeared. Apparently, Peter's her surly Gods of the Gates co-star, and they're about to spend the next six years filming on a desolate Irish island together. She still wants him, but he
0: now wants nothing to do with her. Peter knows this role could finally transform him from a forgettable character actor into a leading man. He also knows a failed relationship with Maria could poison the set, and he won't sabotage his career for a woman who's already walked away from him once. Given time, maybe they can be cooperative colleagues or friends, possibly even best friends, but not lovers again, no matter how much he aches for her.
1: For years, they don't touch off-camera. But on their last night of filming, their mutual restraint finally shatters, and all their pent-up desire explodes into renewed passion. Too bad they still don't have a future together, since Peter's going back to Hollywood while Maria's returning to her native Sweden. She thinks she needs more than he can give her, but he's determined to change her mind, and he's spent the last six years waiting, watching, wanting...
0: His shipwrecked Swede doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> I really like this book jacket, Lane. <laughs>
1: it was really cute. It was super cute. Oh, my gosh. I liked it. A lot, actually. No notes. I
0: liked this one. It's a very cute go- book jacket. I agree with you.
1: hmm Yeah. I, I, honestly, nothing to say. I think we mentioned this in the first two books as well. They... It's interesting because in this book, they specify, well, it's tough to know because I feel like thick thighs is the new, like, it's the new standard of masculine beauty in romance novels. Like, have we not recently read a ton of books where the guy is described as having thick thighs?
0: Yeah, and he's, like, very traditionally tall, dark, and handsome. Yes. Um, They are both fat.
1: Um, And I'm using the word fat because that is the word that Olivia Dade uses. Um, so in, in the first two books in the series as well, the both women characters, so they were, um, male, female romances, the women in each were, were fat as well in this book, both of the, the man and the woman are fat and that's never mentioned in the book jacket,
0: but it is generally very visible in the cover models. So, yep. Yep. I, I don't think they're trying to hide it in the covers, but it—I don't think they're trying to hide it at all. I think the no. point is, yes, it is a major plot point in all of the books because of fat phobia and other things that happen to characters. But overall, it doesn't—it's not the love story. Yep, exactly, exactly. So as usual, uh, we generated a random number and wrote our own summaries using that number as the word count. This week, that number was 36. Uh, Meg, take it away. It's a total drag
1: when your hot one night stand turns into your hot coworker, especially when he decides to keep things professional, i.e., no sex. Worse, turns out he's
0: not all that supportive professionally. Yep. Yeah. How about you? Maria is excellent at making a family wherever she goes, and Peter isn't. Which is a bummer, because they had awesome sex before they realized they'd be working together. And those two things are mutually exclusive?
1: Yeah. I mean, they are for Peter, for sure. Honestly, okay, this is going to play into, I think, a lot of what we talk about in the book. I definitely understood Peter's perspective way more than I understood Maria's.
0: Yeah, that said, six years is way too fucking long.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. Okay. Tropes.
0: Uh, I think it, this is a little bit like the ingenue and the grizzled vet. hmm Like yeah, Maria's yeah. just swanned into showbiz after a largely theater career in Europe. Sort yeah. of taking notes and she's clearly extremely talented, but she hasn't put in her time in the industry and hasn't yeah. like been beaten down by the system and hasn't lived paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And, you know, Peter is. He's been in showbiz for a long time, and this is his first real break,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's i i I actually really liked this aspect of them, too, like this aspect of their relationship. It does go a long way to explain like the, their relationship, their professional relationship, what's going on? What are the conflicts? Like what's barring them from being together? and i I thought it was really well done, actually,
0: yeah. i, I and I think. That part worked. Like, why they were coming at this entire conflict from different perspectives was very well established.
1: Yes. Uh, And then the other, I mean, the other trope is this one night stand that leads to more. We thought it was a one night stand, but then they saw each other the next day or whatever.
0: Yep. Um, they are also the first couple. Not Meg mentioned they're both fat, but they are both celebrities mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. part of the appeal of the first two books was like the normal girl and the mm-hmm. movie star guy like sort of brought into this world they are both celebrities or and both stars on the show yeah in this one so you don't have that normal life conflict yeah and then this is not a trope but i simply
1: want to say that there is an aspect of Roma clay with this book Like, it's very much a burn book or a ripped-from-the-headlines story based on all of the gossip, you know, all of the things that came out about the Game of Thrones set, and specifically the final season uh, and the showrunners.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think this paints Hollywood in a very flattering brush. I think you've got some of the only good ones in Hollywood happen to be on this show together.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not a huge movie star, rock star, romance person. I understand that a whole part of the genre is the movie stars are just like us, right? Like I, I get that, but it's hard for me to buy into it. This series has made me believe it.
0: Yeah. Um, just a couple of other tropes. Obviously, this is a workplace romance. Yes. Uh, at the end of the day. And that is a lot of forced proximity. Yes. They share a wall for six years in addition to a mm-hmm. lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got the end of that forced proximity, as which happens pretty early. Like, the whole filming of Gods of the Gates is only the first 35% of the book. Yes. Um, so one of the central conflicts is like, what do you do when the person you used to see every day isn't going to be in your pocket anymore?
1: Yeah, there is a very small bit of, I don't know if this is a trope or just like a relationship thing where I think they both feel like if you loved me, you would understand why this is important to me. So they don't feel like they need to explain themselves very much, even though they definitely do. Even though they do, though, so I will say, I, I think this plays out differently in many romance novels where they do sort of start to understand without talking with each other. But here, I, I really do like that Olivia did was like, for both of them, th- there was a little bit of, I'm going to think back on what happened and change my perspective. But also, I need to talk to this other person and really find out what's going on. And I I that's another thing that I really like about her books. I think she does that very well.
0: Yeah, and then last trope I want to talk about, just in terms of the sex itself, there's a lot of, like, delayed gratification, quite as interruptious, <laughs> like, a lot. A lot. <laughs> From the timing just not working out because other stuff is going down, to they end up in her parents' house and have to, like, keep it on the DL. It's it's a lot of them not fucking. It's a lot, but it's very sexy, though. It's, like, sexy not fucking. Yeah.
1: It, it worked for me. Yep. Okay. And we do have a Gentleman Jackson's Get Fit Workout for the... Leading actress. The Leading actress. That's right.
0: So that's one of just the things I love about this book is that they, you know, fitness and the fat community has been brought up in earlier books. You saw the first heroine kind of being offended at mm-hmm. the mention of the hero going to the gym. Um, and it was sort of discussed that his body is not realistic. Well, in this book, they are both playing Vikings. They are physically Mm -hmm. stranded. They are physically strong people. And they talk about the fact that she's very physically able to do a lot of really powerful things. And the fact that she's like just coming back from the gym or from a run or like powerlifting gets mentioned. And I just thought it was interesting that his wasn't. Mm Mm-hmm. So you see the effort she's putting in, not to be any specific physical size, but to be strong. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool thing to do. It was
1: really cool. And then there's actually another part of the book that I thought was really well done as well. Um, They meet Peter's father, who's just not... He's It's a tough father-son relationship, right? I guess daddy yep. issues you can put in as a trope, right? Oh, yeah. But um, he's like, look... He has a lot of faults, but he's never he's never looked at someone's weight as defining them. So like, he meets Maria and he's like his dad is like an Ironman marathoner. Right. And he is like, oh, do you run? And she's like, no, I don't run. And like Peter actually thinks to himself, well, at least he's never been that guy who assumes that she can't be a runner because she's fat.
0: Yeah, um also trope except I forgot it because it's not really in play here. Mm-hmm. They both have pretty traumatic exes. Oh yeah, they do. They but it, you, what you would expect is that like the fact that that hasn't been communicated would be a big deal. But partially, I think, because by the time they get back, they finally get together. It's been like eight fucking years. Mm-hmm. It just ends up being an afterthought in a way I really appreciate
1: it. Oh, so much, right? Like, there are so many books where she would have been like, you were engaged before? And she was like, well, I know he wasn't engaged for the past six years. So I think I'm fine. Right. You know? <laughs> it's
0: fine. Um, okay. So uh, what would you think of this title, Lane? I fucking love this title. You know I love a pun. Mm-hmm. Thanks, title of our podcast. Um, shipwrecked, both because they are playing characters who are stranded on an island and because everyone ships them and they wrecked it. And like, I just, Chef's Kiss, Olivia it Dame, really Chef's good. Kiss. Like, the first two, I, that's
1: another thing. It's not a trope. This is not a trope, but what she's doing with this series is she's playing with fan culture and fanfic culture as well, like specifically fanfic culture. Yeah. So, All of the other books have had something to do with fan culture, right? So there's spoiler alert. There's all the feels. And then this one, though, is shipwrecked. And I think it is the punniest and best title, for sure. Yes, for sure. I agree. All right. So basically, this is a book about two people who, number one, are immediately attracted to each other. Number two, have to spend the next six years In very close proximity with each other, get like kissing each other, like getting very turned on by each other on set. And then finally at the end get together, but there has to be something that keeps them apart,
0: right? Yeah, in the beginning of the book, even once they get past the physical proximity, our jobs are so important to us. Mm -hmm. All of the conflicts are still really eye rolly. Yeah,
1: I I did think it was interesting. So so the I mean the one of the biggest conflicts is that Maria would have been totally fine with continuing their affair while they were filming. And Peter's really like I don't want to mix professional and personal in like that much. Like we can be friends I can have a found family in this crew and my coworkers, and my, you know, ad, the, the actors and actresses who work with me. But he doesn't want to take that step into making it romantic. And I'm going to be honest, I was on Peter's side for this one.
0: I agree with you overall. Mm-hmm. I did think it was made clear in this text, and I don't know how true this is, that Hollywood is an industry where, like, everyone's just fucking everyone. And, like, right. it's it's pr- the professional boundaries are less adhered to Mm -hmm. um so I, I think that was valid but more so I didn't view it he was so nasty about it at times and that was
1: I mean that was the issue was the way he talked about it yes it wasn't the fact that he was like I I can't like I'm he never sat down with her and said hey I'm like, we obviously have chemistry. I'm obviously very attracted to you, but I don't feel like it's professional for me to do this. Even if you're willing, like, I don't want to do that. Like, mix this right now. Right. So he never sat down and, like,
0: explained it. She just had to kind of infer it. And what she inferred was he cares more about his job than me. <sighs> Which isn't, it's just, it was I was a little eye it was very eye-rolly, and
1: I do understand that Olivia Day, because at first I was like, really? Like, this is the conflict? Olivia Day does delve into it more later and explain some of Maria's deep-seated issues. So she she tried to make it more understandable to the reader. It still seemed a little overblown to me. Like, this is, this seemed like very low stakes relationship drama that was turned into
0: very high stakes. I completely agree. And what I want to say overall is I have a lot of like things to quibble with over this book, including the conflict. I overall really enjoyed it. Totally fun. Totally recommend it. I'm just kind of hung up on the stuff that was like weird.
1: Yeah. I I also really liked the book. Like I blew through it. I started reading it. I, I didn't stop until it was over. I had a really fun time reading it. Really agree. Fine.
0: Like, I really, really loved this, but even more than the first two, I feel like I got caught up in some of the conflict stuff and some of the unrealistic portrayals of things, mm-hmm. which is funny because, like, two co-workers fucking should not be the thing that finally, like, crosses my realism line. <laughs> but, like, one, I think the degree to which, like, she made them isolated, not just from the world, but from, like, the rest of the crew didn't make sense. Right. Like, they make a big deal out of the fact that in the entire six years of the show, one other actor ever appeared in a scene with the two of them. Mm -hmm. Like, I do not know of a single TV show that has a B-plot that over six years never intersects with the A-plot. What would be, like, it's a meaningless thing to throw in that kept getting harped on. And I was like, what in the world is this show? Okay,
1: I am assuming that it has some kind of parallel with Game of Thrones that I am not familiar with. Please be aware, listeners, neither Lane nor I have
0: watched the show. We've both read the some of the books. I, I yeah, read we're... the
1: first book and like a tiny bit of the second book before I stopped. But that's it. That's all I've read. The point is we have some context for like, the,
0: but not oh, the TV show at all. I will. I will say I devoured all the gossip about the show. Like sometimes I would even read recaps. Okay, so I'm totally ignorant of the show. I have yeah. no frame of reference whatsoever.
1: Yeah, so I, I don't even know why that was interesting to me. I don't know. I like backstage drama, apparently, even about shows I don't watch.
0: Yeah. So
1: so shoot me. So anyway, I'm assuming that there's some kind of, you know, relationship. Like, there there is someone in, I'm sure there's some kind of Game of Thrones. Like, there was a setting where those people never meet. Like, I know that, you know, like... Even in the first book, what's what's her name? The Khaleesi lady. She's in a totally different part of the world than like the rest of it, right? Yes, right. I, I know that at the end they intersect,
0: but... That's my point. It's not that it, like, I couldn't believe for some of the show. Right. For six years, they actually appeared on screen with one other person is the way they made this sound. I was like, there is no fucking way. Yeah, that's and then, that's fine. One of the big moments where they're like, unbearably hot for each other is when filming a sex scene. And I just, I think I've like listened to too many actors give interviews about just how not sexy that whole process is. Oh, like how many people are on set and how stupid the cocksocks socks are. And like, I just found it very hard to believe that that moment would be at all erotic. I had actually no issues with it
1: because I'm reading a romance novel. So I was, I was fine with it. Like again, it- I don't know why my brain fixated on it. I like- don't. We read a book where they had sex on horseback, and I feel like that would be less sexy than like a sex scene where you're at least stimulating having sex.
0: I was more okay with the horseback.
1: (laughs) You know, it's fine.
0: And finally, the fanfic line, this is the book that crossed it for me. Oh, yes. Yeah, because one, it started talking a lot more about real person fanfiction like, yes. not the characters. And I think, like, the existence of real person fanfiction does not bother me. Right. Like, I'm not picking on people who like it or whatever. But the fact that it was, like, validated, like, these char- these people are reading fanfic about themselves and getting inspired by it <laughs> in what they do. I-, the bedroom. I was like, okay, see, this is where. Like like they're in they're pleased about like the fact that their profession has led to a violation of their personal life. I it was just very squicky to me. It was very squicky. I thought it was hilarious.
1: Oh my god! I thought it was so funny. She was like that. That she was like what happened last night was a seemed a little bit like that fic that um that Alex Alex does yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's where I got the idea. And I
0: was like, I thought
1: it was hilarious. Apparently you were squicked out.
0: I was squicked out. Like the first two books when they used the fanfic as comedy, it was the characters. Right. And the fact that this was like the real people and like the way they were inviting it and like happy to be constantly answering personal questions. Right. Just didn't feel authentic to the characters and frankly felt like an endorsement of some pretty problematic fan behavior. Behavior. Yeah,
1: it, it was interesting because... What I have been exposed with, because I'm not, I don't really read fanfic, but remember that um, there was that ice dancing pair, those Canadian.
0: Tessa dancing- Virtue and
1: Scott Moyer. Correct. Those are the people, like everyone is so invested in them being together and they obviously played it for the cameras. Oh, absolutely. And so that's what I was kind of imagining here, you know.
0: Interesting. Okay. Anyway. All right. Anything else we want to talk about the book? I mean,
1: honestly, I had so much fun reading it. I love Olivia Dade. I love the way she incorporates fat characters and how they talk about fatness and their body image and things like that. There was a really interesting, I don't. I, it's not a subplot, right? But this is where the the ingenue and then veteran comes comes into play a little bit i think because maria this is her first tv show and i don't think i honestly don't think she cares about making it big right she wants to act but she doesn't care if she's a star yes and so she is willing to walk away right so there's a subplot where the showrunners So in the original, in the source material, these characters are not depicted as fat. And so after the first season, they wanted them to lose weight because they're starving on this island, right? And she just, she just refuses. She's like, I'm not going to do it. She's like, you can fire me. I don't care. Like, Mm -hmm. it does not matter to me, but I'm not going to do that to myself. Right. And she really wants Peter to support her. But he comes at it from this, like, this is my last chance to make it. Like, I'm in my 40s. I'm not, I haven't been seen as leading man material. This is my final chance to do it. So he's not willing to support her for that. And so I thought it was really well done in that way. That, that, that aspect of Maria's personality.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, again, I I understood where they both were coming from. Mm -hmm. And I thought she had very little sympathy for him yeah
1: but uh, he also had very little sympathy for her like he did not he had no conception of a world where someone wouldn't want to be a star basically
0: i agree with that i just think he came around and started backing her up in his own way mm-hmm. long before she ever like attempted to really see his side of things that's fair i really enjoyed th- like, the thing about this it was really, really fun. Their mm-hmm. banter was great. A lot of the not having sex was really sexy. I really love the like chapter breaks that Olivia Jade yes. does. Oh, Whether she was,
1: there's... was good,
0: really good here. I thought. Yes, like all of that was like pitch perfect. I think it's weird because maybe I had the most fun reading this one, but I think I was less invested in these two characters. Mm, interesting, I.
1: I, I've been reading, <laughs> I've been reading a takedown of a different book that I'm I'm not going to mention what it is, um, but it it has some social media aspects to it, right? And I, con- comparing and contrasting her, the way she does electronic group chats or emails or fan fiction or comments on a blog or whatever is so perfect. Like she does it so... So well, it doesn't feel like someone's mom cringily writing something about you know, he he poked me on Facebook, you know what I mean? (laughs) SMS text Barry? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, It's just really, it's really well done. Uh, yeah, that part was she just does a really good job of it. All right. Anything else you want to say before we move on to content warnings?
0: No, I, I think this is one of those ones where I have a lot of things to quibble over, but I just really want to convey that I loved it.
1: hmm Yeah. Um, okay, so I think the main content warning it there is a lot of like fat phobia and fat phobic language. Um, obviously never between the hero and heroine, mostly coming from these like evil showrunners. And then there's also a little, an aspect of sexual harassment as well. Although not, I don't think it rises quite to the level of like a content warning. I agree. So.
0: This got a little preachy. Mm. In a way that I thought was very in character for Maria.
1: <laughs> yes. I was going to say like, yeah, it did, but it didn't feel like It didn't feel out of place in the text.
0: I agree. Yeah. All
1: right.
0: I just think as bingers of maintenance phase, a lot of the stuff coming out of her mouth was like, yeah, we know, and. (laughs) Yes. But, you know, for people who don't binge maintenance phase like us,
1: (laughs) (laughs) maybe good, right?
0: Yeah. But (laughs) other than that, like. You know, he had a parental death. She'd had a lot of abandonment issues. You know, I think if there's potentially if you have a lot of like Mm. adoption centric trauma. Right. Some things about her story might be a little difficult to read, but I thought it was all really well done.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there were some in their past, their past relationships, there was infidelity not on the part of Maria or Peter. But, you know, so if you've been cheated on, that's a that's a trigger for you. You know, that is present.
0: But otherwise, I think the content warnings overall here are pretty low stakes. I mean, we've just finished the Blue Blood Conspiracy, so, like. <laughs> yeah. There's no dead babies, and no one's gotten stabbed in the neck and bleeding out while their heart's in their hand. so. You know, probably fine.
1: All right. Uh, sexiness? Sir? It was hot. It was hot. I. I think that Olivia Day does sexual tension a little bit better than she does sex scenes.
0: I agree with that entirely, and it's to her benefit that most of this book was sexual tension.
1: Yeah, like I felt that they were very hot for each other. I felt that they were very attracted to each other. When they finally broke, I was like, you know, this it was fine. I I feel like I've been reading books that do this lately where when they finally crack, there's like one— longer sexy scene. And then after that, just not, not as much like they talk a big game and then they don't, they don't deliver.
0: Well, and they talk a big game. And then once the sex happens, it becomes an afterthought to the plot. Right. And I want my sex integrated into the plot.
1: Yeah, like he's like, let's go back and do this. And then they do it. And they're like, but then, then they were snuggling. And I'm like, no, what happened in between? <laughs> I want to know. Why do
0: you think we are here?
1: Yeah, like, look, like I want the snuggling scene, but I want what happened first, too. That's all.
0: Yeah, especially here when so much of like the fact that it starts out with their one night stand
1: like mm-hmm. literally that
0: is where this book opens so it's a lot of sex when they're not on the same page and don't really understand each other right to go from that I mean honestly I just have to say it here the final conflict was so fucking dumb
1: <laughs> I know
0: like we've talked a lot about like the early conflict and like the co stuff but the like Essentially, the non-spoilery version, it becomes what's next for us professionally and personally. Mm -hmm. That was the dumbest fucking shit I have ever read on a page. And I could have gotten over it a lot faster if they were fucking through it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, a 100%. For sure. Like, that's when you throw in some sex to show where they're in sync versus where they're not. It serves a purpose in the plot. And it prevents me from rolling my eyes at, are you fucking kidding me? This is so, so dumb. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. I don't want to get too much into it, but yeah, I was definitely like, I don't know. I will say at least I didn't love the final conflict. However, I did appreciate that Olivia Dade gave them both the blame and both agency to fix it. Yes, because at first it seemed like she was going for just specifically one person was at fault, and I was like, mm, but was that really just that person's fault? But later she does, she does
0: at least get in their heads and be like, you know what? Maybe I also need to apologize. <laughs> I was so ready for the conflict to be, we're a partnership now, and you need to talk to me, and the mm-hmm. fact that you made this decision without me shows that you're not viewing us as a partnership and then that wasn't the conflict at all and I was like oh no (laughs) I know I was like on board until I realized what the real conflict was and I was like I can't do this
1: yeah I think that's also why I'm like you know I'm not saying that Maria was wrong but I'm saying that I really understand Peter's point of view
0: that's all that's all I have to say yeah, but I highly recommend this book. I, this was, I think, it felt like the end of the series.
1: It it felt like the end of the series because of the tied up with a bow epilogue, with I, the queer characters in the background. Yeah, yeah, as always. But I I did really really like. I have liked this series a lot. I really liked her conceit of setting them simultaneously. And um, I really liked the the ending of this one. So honestly, I highly recommend this this whole series. It was super fun.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely check out all three. And as Meg said, whichever one you can get your hands on first is probably fine. But start with spoiler alert. Yeah, start with spoiler alert. You know, like, why not? Go for it.
1: Thank you so much for listening. We would love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, and check us out around the internet wherever you find plot trysts.